coming next. Stay tuned. What does sleep actually do? Why do we need it? Arguably, the thing that's growing the fastest in the infant is the brain. Do we have to have eight hours? Can we actually, can we train ourselves to, I'd like to, Ten, so ten pounds in a five-pound bag. Right. Welcome to the Healthy Aging Show. I'm Dennis Patuas. I'm Joan Del Greco. And we are talking about issues about getting older and how to do it in a healthy way. Intelligent aging, lessons for life, and what were you going to say? You were going to say something, and it, obviously <laughs> your silence now it wasn't going to be nice. <laughs> No, it wasn't nice. That's all right, Dennis. Go ahead. I just was thinking some of us sometimes speed up that process more than others. The aging process. Yes. Okay. The good aging or the bad? Well, obviously, I'm not if you speed up the that. aging process, it's not good aging. <laughs> <laughs> there's good aging and there's bad aging. And we want us all to practice good aging. That's true, Dennis. Okay. And part of aging is restfulness. And part of restfulness is sleep. Mm -hmm. And part of sleep is getting a good night's sleep. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how many people accomplish that. Well, I do know... And in my own personal sleep pattern that if I don't get to sleep until after midnight that I want to get out of the area. It's it's definitely one of those I'm in here and I can't get out. You want to get out of the area. That, yeah. That's got to be an interesting <laughs> conflagration. Anyway, we had, let's but let's get to the facts. Okay. Why don't you introduce? No, I'm not the host. You are. Okay, I am. We have Dr. Evan Stepp, who is a pulmonologist and he is a pulmonologist, a critical care specialist, and he has evolved into a specialist in sleep medicine, which he told me before we came on is an evolutionary practice that you don't go to residency for sleep. But I wonder how many residents did sleep <laughs> when there were residents. Thank you very much for coming on. Of course. You've got a very interesting background. Okay. But you're a Texan. Well, born and raised uh, just south of the Mason-Dixon line in Maryland, but I did spend 10 years in Texas, so I can put on a drowl if you lack. Well, <laughs> he's a graduate of Rice and the University of Texas Medical School, and he's done his residency at NYU, and he's also done uh, fellowship training at, at Harvard. But he's also been at MD Anderson, Robert Wood. These are like the who's who. And NASA Goddard. <laughs> right. Uh, that's pretty cool. Those and, are good uh, summer jobs. Yes. Yes, it was fun. I learned a lot. You, sleep is your specialty, as well as pulmonology. And I can see the, the logical connection between breathing and sleep. Mm -hmm. and therefore why, as you said, many pulmonologists gravitate into sleep medicine. That's, I would say that most sleep physicians come from a pulmonary direction. I don't know that the majority of pulmonary docs practice sleep medicine, no, but I'm, uh, either I, way. And I think the most common and commonly known problem in sleep medicine is sleep apnea. So if you think of, and that's a problem of a collapsing airway, you know, your upper airway collapses repeatedly at night only when you're asleep and if you think of pulmonologist as somehow related to the airway, I think that's the easiest way to connect them. You know, like we were talking about, there are many other problems in sleep medicine that we see at the sleep center, and some of them may relate more towards neurologists or psychiatrists or that sort of thing, and that's why those other specialties, they can certainly head towards sleep medicine right. and fulfill the board certification if they like. But we, we notice the value of sleep, in particular with infants. We just had actually a guest at our house this past weekend mm -hmm. and the baby would get up from a full night's sleep have some breakfast go back to sleep so I think we we look at it and understand it in infants but we really lose I think our appreciation for sleep as we start to age what does sleep actually do why do we need it I besides guess the, it improves my personality right 
Did you sleep well last night? Fortunately for all of us, yes. Good. <laughs> Especially me. I think the, the short answer to be a little smart is that if you don't sleep, you die. So that's a good reason that's to sleep. That's a good start, right? yeah. So, uh, and, and anyway, there, there are animal studies that have borne that out. But it's not well known. I think what's come to be well known, it's kind of like many things in science. You can learn more and develop more technology and you can describe it very well. But as far as the bigger, almost philosophical questions, you know, they remain sort of hard to answer. So, but the, you know, otherwise, it, I'm not trying to skirt the question. It really kind of comes down to almost a common sense type sounding answer, though, is that the brain needs rest. The body needs rest. You can't continue to go 24 hours without having to do some repair. And that's well evidenced, I guess, in infants. I mean, the arguably the thing that's growing the fastest in an infant is the brain, you know, making all of those connections among those millions of neurons. And that takes time and that takes energy, fuel from food and just time to rest and get the job done. Infant might sleep 14 hours out of 24, maybe more. And of course, that gradually changes as the brain kind of gets up to a more developed state. By teenage years, you're probably still really needing kind of nine hours of sleep. And then we arrive at what's generally considered to be a normal amount of sleep. And there's a wide amount of variation among the population, but it's kind of, it's a bell-shaped curve, just like any other sort of distribution in a population. But it's a pretty tall, skinny bell over top of seven and a half or eight hours of sleep. And so all that development does continue at a slower pace through teenage years, of course, and then is thought to largely have settled out, you know, by adulthood. We have on the other end of the spectrum, someone who may be 70 and above, elderly, changing a sleep pattern. And of course, women are always fighting the menopause 10 years before of, is it work-related? Is it physical? Is it mental? Mm -hmm. You know, what is the issue? And certainly nutrition can fall in there as well. Do we have to have eight hours? Can we actually, can we train ourselves to, I'd like, to, I really need this question. I see. All <laughs> the right. person who goes let's, to bed at let's nine o'clock at night. Question. Can we just really like maybe hone this a little we better get ten, so I can ten get ten pounds five in hours? a five-pound bag? Right. That's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I think you're more or less born with your sleep requirement, not obviously at 14 hours an infant. Whatever's going to determine the how bad much. News comment, sorry, right? no. <laughs> Should you have saved it for the end? Should I just leave now? So again, like I said, there's a distribution of kind of normal required amounts of sleep. And by that, I mean, you would have say, you might have somebody that needs six and a half hours sleep, truly. And how would you prove that? Well, you'd say that they have no cost for that, no problems the next day related to sleep deprivation, and that their sleep that they get during that time is normal. And you measured with overnight sleep study, that sort of thing, where we measure brain waves and respiratory efforts and all sorts of other channels. So right, some people may truly need only six and a half hours of sleep, and that would be normal, and they would be perfectly functional, and there would be no detectable problem, and that's just get into the range of what's actually called a short sleeper. That's a diagnosis. And on the flip side, of course, there are long sleepers. Talking about small percentages of the population, these are the little tails at the end of the big bell-shaped curve. That again, is a very tall, skinny bell over top of kind of seven and a half or eight hours. It seems to be, generally speaking, the best estimate of normal for your kind of average adult. But you have to keep in mind that there may be somebody that needs more or does fine with less than, you know. So as far as training yourself to be able to do just fine on less, it's not really possible. Now, plenty of people live, you know, we're just all a bunch of dumb Americans that work too hard and don't rest enough, right? I guess hence the one of the reasons for this show. So that's good. If we're not respecting our sleep, we're going to have a lot of physical problems or we're introducing the body 
to some more chronic problems by really eliminating that good foundation to launch the day from. And there are studies across broad populations that say looking at kind of heart disease, heart attacks, strokes, that sort of thing. That And we know a lot about different risk factors for that, you know, cholesterol, high blood pressure, all these things. So if you take all these people and you control for all of those known risk factors for those common problems and you just kind of divide people into you sleep six to seven hours, seven to eight hours, less than six, that sort of thing, people that sleep less are more likely to have problems like that. Now that doesn't get into why they slept less, you know, maybe all those people had lots of other high stress things, going, who knows, but again, controlling for a lot of the known risk factors kind of makes sense. We've been talking about, obviously you need sleep, your body's doing something very important during sleep, and if you don't allow that to happen, it's not hard to imagine that you're going to cause some damage, it's going to vary a little bit the threshold with each individual person. We still have more to talk about with Dr. Stepp over the next several episodes. Stay connected to us, visit us often, and subscribe with us. Thanks, Dr. Stepp. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to The Healthy Aging Show. Hope you had a good day. Hope you have a better day. And we'll see you the next day.